Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Let's get straight into it. It's part two of Hump Day with Swanee and Friends. And guest friend is Damien Fleming. Hello, Flem. Ralph, how Dane. How are you, mate? Sam, how are you? Hello. Great to have you. Have you, have you. have you met these two before? Um, well, Sam, just probably the greatest MC I've ever seen. Yeah, what was that? What was that footy club? <sighs> Down in Geelong. Down in Geelong somewhere in that region. And it was you, Richie Callender? Yes. Richie, <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was an interesting night. Yeah, I did two in a day. I reckon with Rich, <laughs> we were down at uh, Hodge Finch territory, down right. at Colac. Right. Yeah, so that went nuts. And yeah. then, oh man, what was that? Um, I can't quite remember. Tigers, nah. maybe. Were they, were yeah. they, are there tigers down there? Ballerine? Well, actual tigers. Talking I, I, tigers. I doubt it. And a Geelong... <laughs> it was Geelong somewhere. Geelong player played in defence, 89 grand final. Wow. Steve Hocking. No. <laughs> uh, Schultz? Yes. Uh, oh, Schultz, was Schultz. Schultz was there. There you go. Um, tough night for me, though, wasn't it? Like, yeah. you, I mean, you do three encores. I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> The Stones do too. <laughs> yeah, I've gone through the hat tricks, the yeah. semi finals, and then I'm starting to revert to rooming with nerves. So <laughs> that was a tough night, really yeah, tough it night. It was, and then you get some really, ra- depending on the crowd, you get some really random questions, don't you? Towards the end, and you're like, oh, "What the fuck am I here for?" Yeah, 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 yeah. After a great night, plenty of laughs, third encore. Any questions? What's your high school? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What's your what? And me and Swanee, we. Do we go? We don't think we go way back. Uh, Do we? Oh, we would have done some gigs yeah. over the years, though. You can't remember doing gigs with Dane? It might have been one. It must have. Did Pickers organise one at the college? Line? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Who would have been the beneficiary of that? Yeah. Pickers? Liam. Yeah. Liam. Yeah. yeah. I'm seeing Liam today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm having a coffee with Liam. Dane said hello. He doesn't really speak to me much these days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, remember, I think you were still playing, Swanee, and I went, okay. nah, I reckon this bloke's going to be all right. Yeah. yeah. He retires. You, you look at him, he's flying now. He's yeah, wearing yeah. Iron Maiden T-shirts. And yep, know, know them well. <laughs> I yeah. asked him straight away, I go, yeah. are you one of those cool dudes 
that wears retro heavy metal sh- shirts. Because you see the, a lot of the famous yeah. American actresses and all that, Metallica and Kiss, Ramones, and they don't know a song. And, and no. what'd you say? Yeah, no, I'm one of those kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's better to be upfront about it. Yes, um, it I've, I've had it for years, but and I've only just pulled it. I, was, I had a heap of I was saying off air. I had a, I got a heap of them went. When I went through that phase, when my partner's from New York, so I would go to all the vintage shops and I wore them and I was like, ah, oh, can't be fucked with them anymore. <laughs> so, um, can't be fucked. I'm too cool for some, cool. some of them don't fit well. So I was going through them all out and I just, there was just a couple on the floor because uh-huh. we were cleaning out because we've been away. And um, I was like, fuck it, I might as well just put it on today and walk the dog and it just, it just stayed on. Um, yeah, that happens. And I, got, and I got called out by it. <laughs> <laughs> I've had it on for about an hour in the last three years and. And that's what I get. No one's ever picked up. But as a heavy metal freak, uh, growing up in Springvale, massive mullets, you know, mm. Maiden were, were massive. The uh, Have you got any tips for Dane? Because he's trying to get back into the back into the groove of talking to people. Mm. He selflessly talks to people. Like, and you've now been doing it for nearly 20 years. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, I remember talking to Jim Morrison, you know, when he first started performing for The Doors. He was that mm. embarrassed. He actually <laughs> didn't front the crowd. He had the back to the crowd, and it took, it took a while. Yeah, when he first started performing for the Doors. Now, hang on. So since having a child, since I've seen you, I've had a baby, and I'm deep in sleep deprivation territory, and they keep catching me out on seemingly normal things. And oh. So are you oh, having yeah, me you, on here, you do it to or am yourself. I being gullible? No, David met Jim Morrison, who yeah. died before I was born. Before he was yeah. born. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the true fact is, <laughs> Sam, he did perform with his back to the crowd. That's the, that's the main element <laughs> of this. It's all you need to take away from that story. Okay. Mm. Fuck. So um, start with your back if you feel comfortable, yeah. Dane. Get that first it's zinger out picture there. Every, picture everyone in their underwear, is that? Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Something like that. Or, or, or just your best mate. As yeah. if you're talking to yeah. your best mates. I say, usually the people I'm speaking to, I don't really want to pitch them in their underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, delete that. Yeah, get rid of delete that. Delete that. Yeah. Uh, act as if you're performing for Iron Maiden. Yeah, the absolutely. The lead singer of Iron yeah. Maiden, Bruce Dickinson. Perfect, yeah. No, I know Bruce well. <laughs> yeah. Is that really He actually that? signed this for me. <laughs> in black. Yeah. So, so before we started doing this, uh, I did two gigs with Dane, so we didn't actually meet each other, but I'd say... What do you want me to ask? Ask me fucking anything. So I'd ask a series yeah. of questions. Sam Anth is obviously very, very professional, Damien. Don't when you were coming that. through the ranks, when did you decide that it was time to just take the microphone and not be interviewed by oh, anyone? Oh, jeez, that's an interesting call. Because um, you start with question and answers, don't yeah. you? Because, um, you know, you're, you're a bit shy and you don't have the stories and, and that sort of stuff. And I, I remember I actually had a big year where it developed. I, I come home from the West Indies, shoulder reconstruction, and I went driving around the country with the late, great Tommy Hafey. Really? So mm. I had you know, probably a dozen gigs with, with Tommy. Sometimes he'd take training, so I wasn't doing a lot. <laughs> I was practising my reverse torpedoes in the yeah. background. And the main act was Mark Jackson. Right. Uh. And, and he was a gun. Yeah, he was a gun speaker. Yeah. And then um, I think when it hit me, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I think it was at AW. And um, so big... Big introduction. No, not a, a re- re- weird introduction. And Had so you got no Do we mention I, that? No, I don't even World know. World Cup hero? Did no, this that? guy didn't know cricket. He didn't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I actually got on stage. 
And his first question, everyone's there, good crowd, ready to go, and he just said, how are you feeling? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? <laughs> and then I went, mate, and it just went like that for 15 what minutes. What makes you happy? What makes you happy? <laughs> what makes you sad? That was one. And I went... No, I'm just going to get up and speak. <laughs> You've got to take control away from the yeah, MC. Yeah, and then I thought, well, I might as well MC now. Absolutely. I can be quite that. good at it. The first time I interviewed um, Geordie Degoey was a couple of years ago now, three or four years ago. I had Degoey and Pendles. Mm. And at that point in their careers, you could not have two polar opposite people. I was like, fuck. I'd say at this point in their careers, you probably couldn't <laughs> have two polar opposites either. Yeah, I, I'm I would, I would I, imagine. I'm with Dane. This yeah, is very yeah. true. But, yeah. but Scott, you could give an open-ended question like, how are you feeling? And Scott would take that and go, blah, 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 for 20 minutes. Whereas you asked Geordie that and he'd go, yep. Okay. You're like, fuck, what am I going to do yeah. for the next half an hour with this kid? It was yes. hard, but okay, I'm paid per word. Yeah, it wasn't. No, no, no. no. And Dade's, previ- Dade's previously said when he does these speaking engagements to people, he enjoys working with Wayne Carey because, as you said, you don't get paid per word. He's the duck. Dade yeah. doesn't have to speak. He's Wayne a very hard man to get the microphone <laughs> off, Wayne. Is he really? Oh, I've got nothing to use with the duck. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, Loves the yarn. Favourite topic? He enjoys the duck. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, he's got more stories. He's, some, he's on TV somewhere, isn't yeah, he? He's yeah, got, I think so. He's I got a couple. He's got a few stories, actually. Absolutely. Yeah, he's on telly now, and he's doing SAS, uh, whatever it is. SAS, yeah. You, I reckon you, I did one in, um, drove all the way to, um, where's Steve Monaghetti? Is he Ballarat? Yes. Great man. Good man. He was in the crowd. And, and the one thing, you know, it's going to be a disaster. Let's get a big panel. Yeah. Let's get, no, instead of two speakers, let's get eight, right? <laughs> eight speakers. And guess who's MC? Rex Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> and Rex's favourite topic is? Rex Hunt. Rexy. <laughs> yeah. So Rexy just went nuts. I can't, there's eight of us, and I reckon I just agree with him twice. Yeah. Am, yeah. I right, am I right, Flem? I go, yep. Yeah. <laughs> Said it twice. Got my money and went yeah, back home. Yeah, afterwards, he would have said, hey, how good's that David Fleming? You were good. <laughs> you were really good. But it's weird, isn't it, that, that you know, yeah, what we're working. Yeah, yeah. When, as soon as you hear big panel, you just go, this is just not going to work. No. It guarantees, it guarantees that the standard of the evening will be as good as the worst speaker. Yeah. It yeah. brings everyone down to the – if you've got eight, it'll come down to the eighth person. Yeah. 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 I saw one with Lee Matthews was on the panel and oh. someone who was – I don't know, uh, a bocce player or something. He brought it down. <laughs> <laughs> it was, oh, yeah. What was his name? I got some good, yeah, got some good like stories of yeah, bocce players. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Very entertaining. Yeah. Oh, come on, mad. Yeah. Who's, who's the left fielder? There's a, there's a, isn't there a Scrabble champion? Or there's oh, he's here? unreal, though. Yeah. He's, he's got, got good words. He's good with words. <laughs> <laughs> he is. Sorry, we're actually not taking the mic. There is actually a gun. It's Mick someone. WA, he's so funny. Well... He was sort of good at a few sports, but not great. And he wanted to represent Australia. Oh, I've heard Sudoku. Speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sudoku. he represented so he, Australia. Yeah, it was, yeah I've heard yeah, he speak, he's, he's very good. good. Yeah. Who yeah. else is at left field? Uh, John Mc, John McLean. Have you seen, seen him? Oh, I think he's a paraplegic. He gets out of his chair. Now oh, that's wow. a good trick if you're a paraplegic. Is that? No, he's trained. He he trained like his whole story. It's John McLean Foundation. If you look that up, we had him at the Avon one day. Yeah, the whole room just oh my god. (laughs) So that's all he can do, right? But that's 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 pretty good. If if you're something a bit different, Mm. is it Nigel Richards? Richards is the only one coming out. Sudoku one? No, it's it's Mick. Mick someone. Someone. Oh, he's very good. We'll look him up. And and as you said, you you then went into the MC sort of role a bit. So you've brought some fast bowlers through with your fast bowling cartel now, which was one of the great 
lunches I've ever been to. Like in that case, the panel works because well, you're all mates. Well, well, what did you, what was your Collingwood one? Was it the Rat Pack? Rat Pack, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got the Rat Pack. We had the fast bowling cartel. So you know it was guys like well, starting with Mervyn Hughes mm. and Craig McDermott, but then Glenn McGrath, Jason Gillespie, Michael Kasperwich, um, you know Mitchell Johnson, Brett Lee. So. Fast bowlers are always known as the strategic thinking man's cricketer. Mm, yeah, but yeah, for too long we were treated like second class citizens. Not on. So finally we've got Pat Cummins mm. as Australian <laughs> captain of fast bowler. So this will be the, the the best captained, most astute captained Australian cricket Does team he of fit all in your time. He fits anywhere. <laughs> oh, Pat, good looking rooster. <laughs> yeah, but a, what a great bloke! Yeah. What a great mm. player! And on a serious so note... So, are you sure he fits into that cartel yeah. then? Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think officially Merv Hughes first, <laughs> Pat Cummins. I'm not sure of that. Um, but, yeah, good mates. And the great thing is, and we've had a few lunches, and you've been at him, Ralphie, is just everyone feeds off each other. Yeah. You put five punchy batsmen up there, you know, Hayden, Langer, Ponting and co, and they'll be just fighting with each other for space, <laughs> won't they? Or, or you know, too much bromance. Yeah. You know, we just want, want to be tell, tell it how it is. And that's what, um, you know, Jason Gillespie and Michael Castro and Glenn McGrath can bring to the table. Because you brought Glenn McGrath on as a speaker. I mean, as a bowler, he's probably as good as anyone ever yes. in this country. But as a speaker, you've, you've brought him on. Well, <laughs> the thing is, you, you know what happens, don't you guys? If you get enough of them, you develop your stories. And, <laughs> and, and Pidgey was definitely question and answer, how are you feeling, what he wanted to do. And now elaborating on his story. So he's mm. gone well. Gillespie, Diz has obviously got his 201 mm. um, against Bangladesh. It's not what Does it count? Well, um, geez, that, there you go, straight away, good. We're, we're actually campaigning to the Melbourne, um, uh, the Maribone Cricket Club to go. That should be a list A game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Bangladesh. I know. And the great thing is, Ricky Ponting was captain and sent him in as night watchman instead of batting himself. Diz gets 200 and then ends up running Ponting out. So for all the safety of not getting out that night. Um, but no, I'd like to think it doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. You were part of the first group of the Big Bash when Channel 10 got it. Now you've moved to Channel 7 with Ricky Ponting. Um, so there's talk today about Daisy Pierce maybe getting assistant coach in role. Where I'm going with this is... Oh, I thought you were going to do the big no, bash. <laughs> no, not at all. But, but she's, she's transformed, transformed AFL commentating, I think. Mm. Oh, but, but, right. but Ricky did in a cricket sense. Did you always knew he would be that articulate or is it something that he developed? Because to me, I think he's our Tony Romo. He's <sighs> I think 24 hours after the bourbon and beef steak, I wasn't thinking... <laughs> Wasn't thinking this young Tasmanian was going to be <laughs> the captain of the cricket commentary team. Um, but one, one thing I did admire about that stage of Rick, when he had the incident there, he owned it. Yep. It's my fault. I've got a problem. Bang. Huge respect. Even as a young fella in the field, he had the loudest voice. And when you get a wicket, he was the most passionate. Mm. And even when he gave up the captaincy, normally the captains retire, go into the commentary box. But he kept playing for two or three years and even fielding at short leg. So short leg is normally the most inexperienced batter. You know, you're happy yeah. to lose them. You don't want to lose <laughs> your number four. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't really surprised. But y you still never know in a media sense, do you? Because mm. it's, an, it's, it's an art form within itself. But the one thing I got about Rick straight away uh, with the big bash on 10 was he, it was like he was still preparing to play. Right. So he was asking questions of his fellow commentators that, 
we, we ha- we'd never been asked, really, because we you still got to re- prepare and you're almost always preparing for the worst-case scenario. If it's boring in a test match, mm. let's have some stories yeah, yeah, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And the great thing about T20 cricket, it's a lot about predicting and, and you know, we can see the fields a lot better than on TV. Mm. So the fun is predicting it and it happens, you get a win, and then mm. if it doesn't, you can get bagged a bit. Yeah. But Ponting was the best. He was already... Um, you know, it's almost like who, who you reckon is going to play, who's going to bowl here, vice versa. So you go down to separate teams, have a bit of a chat um, and get a bit of a sense of what's going to happen. So he's, he was almost directing yeah, straight away. Do you, th- you think you've missed out on the T20 era? Think how, well, <laughs> well, you, you've, you've poked with, with, the, with the IPL <laughs> yeah. and like the... How rich you know, would you be, in other words? Yeah, yeah well, basically, <laughs> basically, that's where I was getting at. Well, you know, yeah, I think. Well, someone said I'd be Steve Austin, the six million dollar man, basically, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, now the thing is, though, the game's grown so much. So when we were growing up, Ralphie and myself, because we're a bit older than you two guys, <laughs> it was Channel Nine. You had to be an Australian Test captain to get a gig, and then ABC Radio, where they were very old. Mm. So there's no media gigs. So what the great thing what's happened now, and I say it to everyone involved, is there's more gigs for everyone and it's diverse. So if you don't like that commentary, you can swap over to another. There's mm-hmm. three radio commentary teams. So so it's a great time to for, for media and, and getting work. Um, but with the IPL, um, you know, I've probably commentated about five or six times. So you're still oh, cashing still in to a degree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, How nuts is it over there? For, for those of us who oh. obviously just walk the streets in Melbourne, but when you when you see it on TV, it looks like something else. What's it like being there at the IPL? Well, just every, particularly Australian um, and English cricketers, you know, they're massive over there. I mean, India, well, this is where the big bash is missing out here is. So even with all the famous imports they get in the Indian Premier League and the West Indies guys have been sensational as well, South African... It's still the domestic guys who are the biggest names. Uh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I remember in the first year, 2007, uh, you know, I'm thinking, how's this going to go? And it was nuts. So mm. you go to Calcutta on a Friday night, they'll get 75,000. Another game on Sunday, 75,000. Mm. Then they started to, um, you know, sell uniforms. So, you know, when I first started going to India, uh, you know, you're either really rich or really poor. Mm. There's no middle class. Now they're saying there's like 600 million, yeah, middle class. So they're all consuming. So for the IPL, they're buying everything. I remember there was a game in Chennai against Mumbai. So Mumbai, um, Sachin Tendulkar's their captain, and Chennai's Dhoni. So they're, they're the two massive names. Go in the lift with the whole family with Chennai stuff in – and we go, who's going to win tonight? Yeah, Chennai. Go, who's your favourite player? And and to a family member, Sachin, Sachin, yeah. Sachin, Sachin. Mm-hmm. So, so it was their heroes. So Coley, Virat Coley, would, it would, you know, is a thousand times bigger than Pat Cummins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pat Cummins can walk around the streets <coughs> and all that. But even if you're a middle-range Indian player, you, you, they can't walk around the oh. streets. You know, they, they'd get absolutely mobbed. It's crazy, yeah. So I remember... I didn't go for about six or seven years and, yeah, I mean, it's a bit light in here but you might notice just the odd greys coming through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just on the left there. We'll take a selfie. Yeah. So I, um, and I used to have a goatee when I went to mm-hmm. India and, and, and 
Luckily or unluckily for me, Sachin Tendulkar made a lot of runs when I bowled over there. Right? <laughs> so they just keep playing his highlights. So you're on it all the time. <laughs> right. right? But then, yeah, I shaved that off, grey hair and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, for a few days, nothing much has happened. Yeah, it's good just commentating. Then you start getting seen on screen and then notice you start to go to the airports and you're starting to get a lot of people come up to you. So even old, broken-down, fast bowlers, <laughs> greying, you know... You know, you, you're big news over there, but it, it's a different world. And, um, you know, you hear about Tendulkar loving his cars, but he'd drive between 3.30 in the morning till 5 o'clock in the morning because one is the only time you can probably drive at decent speed. But, you know, you just can't go out publicly. Uh, uh, speaking of old broken down uh, people, when um, our, our, we first met, I was at the footy show and the great Sam Newman. Yep. What, what, what type of um, what type of association did you notice from afar working doing some bits with Sam? Well, with Sam, oh, well, he's just a a great media performer, isn't it? Yeah. And it's all about the show. Very mm-hmm. unselfish, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy to to play a part for other people to look good or. Um, you know, are we is it getting a bit flat? A little bit like I was saying before, you know, with Test Match Cricket, if it's getting boring, I'm going, I've got stories here, mm-hmm. or if it's TV, I've got packages. Mm. You know, he, he was always thinking, wasn't it, if it's getting flat, I'm going to I'm going to go here. <laughs> uh, probably the highlight, I think. Were, were you actually involved in, you know, when they come up the idea that both footy shows were going well, <laughs> uh, NRL and AFL? <laughs> have you spoken about this before? <coughs> yeah, I've to. never spoken. In fact, I think I stopped myself once because I said, you'll tell it better. <laughs> so... <laughs> Channel 9, it's rugby shows, RL going nuts, yeah. AFL's going nuts. Year 2000. It's in the summer. Um, well, ha- what do we do to ke- keep, the, <laughs> keep the audiences up? Why don't we combine them, <laughs> you know, in the cricket season? So they got Fatty from NRL and Sam mixed him up with Sam. Sam <laughs> <and the> fat- <laughs> How'd that go? And I remember, I, I don't think it was you, I got a call from no, someone. No, I rang you to get you on yes. the first ever Sam and the Fat Man. <laughs> yes. As the guest <laughs> in Sydney. Yes, and then I do remember another nine person ringing going, Mate, this won't be forgotten, you know, down the track. Because <laughs> I'm still playing at this stage uh, going, well, maybe I could just get a little gig here <laughs> yeah. like that. And then it was just, wow. Um, <laughs> it wasn't forgotten. It would be, I, I think, like the first broadcast in 1956, wouldn't it? Like, <laughs> like no one knows what going to happen, <laughs> go out there, and then I didn't know, well, Fatty, there's no auto cue. they had to write it on big white <laughs> white paper, didn't you, they? You what was set, unlike everyone else, Fatty no refused director. to wear an earpiece, <laughs> <Right>. so <laughs> they couldn't <laughs> speak to him <laughs> or, or use an auto cue. <laughs> Nightmare. <laughs> so, Nightmare. And, and, and then <laughs> I'd come on and it was just, you know, Fatty was that just that under the pressure, knowing that it's not going right and people are scribbling things down for him to say. And I remember they had a giveaway, backyard cricket, with the Lee brothers. And he, he said, Brett and – and this is live TV. And on there going, shine, shine, shine. It's, all this, it's a debacle. And then we get off. And then I'm just at the back with you, Ralph, and then they go, quick, get on, get on. We're going to say goodbye at the end of the show. I go, what am I doing? Just wave. Right? So we're, I'm next to Sam Newman waving. I go, Sam, how do you reckon it went? He goes, if we last a month, I'll be very, very fucking surprised. And couldn't care. And remember we went for a drink in the bar afterwards and uh, it was Burnsy, wasn't it? From no consoling fatty just going... Um, mate, it wasn't that bad. It'll get back to work with the second <laughs> week. And Fatty's gone, oh, man. he's got his head down. And he's like, oh, no. And then we're having a beer. And then Sam comes in and he goes, well, was that the worst fucking piece of crap you've ever seen? <laughs> <laughs> and poor Fatty is just... <laughs> <laughs> Did it 
la- it lasted a month, though. I, I think we got eight weeks. I think we got wow. eight weeks. Ten, like. In the eighth week, they had Richard Branson, oh, Virgin in Melbourne, and Ed agreed to come on as a guest <laughs> on the off chance that Richard Branson was there. Oh, no, and, and of that, course. I think after Nothing maybe they could have had a show. Yeah, Richard and Ed. Richard and Ed. Yeah, absolutely. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So, yeah, so listeners, if you can combine two shows <laughs> yeah, and get it on, we'll, we'll, have, a, we'll have a crack at it. Yeah, it's gold. Gold. That's, that's gold. Sam and the fat man. <laughs> so you've covered Ricky Ponting. What about your other captains you played under? Steve Wall. It, it was, um, well, your three main Bosses in, in quotation marks were, were Ed, Mick, and Nathan. Yeah, Steve War similarly sort of when when type of personality those. Yeah, so I had Alan Border first yes. as captain, and I idolised Alan Border, but I was scared of Alan Border. Yeah. You know, I just called him Mister Border and yeah, you know, Alan, um, because he was Captain Grumpy. If you met him now, you wouldn't meet a lovelier man. Yeah. You know, when yeah. I was working on, you call, we'd have Arvos with Uncle Al. You know, so I'd interview him and take go through some highlights. Just a beautiful man, but as captain. And I think he took over a team, you know, Lily, Marsh, Chapel, they retired. There was a rebel tour. And he and he wasn't a natural, you know, extrovert. So I reckon he just made a, a, a cone of just going, oh, I'm just not going to get out, you know, I'm going to set by example. Um, and he didn't have a lot of great players or leaders around him. So I had a couple of games with AB. Pl- played in his last game, so that was I was happy with that. Um, and then Tubby Taylor took over, and, and he was great. You know, he was always in control, Tub. He could have been having the worst day of his life. You would have loved playing under mm. him, Swanee. You know, no, no, that'll do, you know, a little bit here, that there. Um, underrated player as well, too, Tub. And then Steve War. Steve War and Ian Healy were very important for that Australian team. Even when they weren't captain or vice-captain, they were really good leaders. Um and Tugger was Tugger was a guy. Yeah, he was a, he was pretty thoughtful. You know, he's the first guy that captain actually wrote down your roles and what was expected from you, um, and inspirational, obviously as a player as well. Hard bastard. Oh, he was he, he was just hard. Uh, but also, I reckon that 05 Ashes that the boys lost. You know, for me, n- none of the great players in that team Gilchrist, Hayden, Langer, Ponting, McGrath really had um, bad defeats. You know, we'd lost India 01. Um, and that was about it. But Steve Waugh was from that era, nineteen eighty, when Alan Border's taken out, and we, we're losing to New Zealand, we're drawing to India at home. And I reckon he had that hurt of, of those times. And his big thing was, you know, just not get complacent, and yep. you've got to be ruthless. And there was no one more ruthless when he had the opposition mm-hmm. down than Steve Waugh. So, what was his, his his belief with the baggy green cap? So I don't know where it started, but he. 
Steve Waugh was big on history, um, but he was big on on challenging it as well. But you know, he 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 loved um, the baggy green, but it didn't start with him. I think you know Rod Marsh was the one that, and and I don't know if you know, but Rod's really crook at the moment. Yes. So we're, mm. we're fingers Legend. crossed that that Rod um, yeah recovers and. He was the baggy green. I think he started the song underneath the Southern Cross I stand. So the two big pillars for us were getting a baggy green on your head or, or the one-day cap, and then second, when we won stuff, you, you you sang underneath the Southern Cross I stand and we drank a lot of piss. Yeah. <laughs> you win in Adelaide at 12 o'clock. The team manager go, the bus is leaving at 3 o'clock the next day to the airport, wherever we're going, make sure you're on it. So that's... Perfect. That's all. Once again, Swanee, you would have loved it. Should have been a cricketer. <laughs> you would have. just realised I was no good at it, so I should have been a cricketer. But Absolutely. he... Um, did, but, did Steve Waugh make you wear a baggy green to Wimbledon? Oh, I saw where you're going. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Just to go back a little bit, yeah. um, and Tubby's first tour as captain, which was Pakistan 1994, was the first tour where when we w- walked out to bowl for the first time, everyone had their baggy greens. Right. So for us, besides the bowler, when the batter looks up, he just sees baggy greens, like, like a uniform mm. force against one. But one, one, he didn't get everything right, and 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 one was his musical taste. So there <laughs> Iron was, Maiden was he? Well, n- <laughs> nah. No. Guess again. You got anything else? Celine Dion. Getting closer. <laughs> That's <laughs> warning. Yeah, You're getting yeah, into warning, warning territory yeah. there. Oof. Um, what was he? No, country and western. Country and western. Country and western. Wonderful. Canyon. That was yeah. at the very bottom of my list. Yeah. So guesses. we had heavy metal guys. Yeah, Gil. Uh, sorry. Girl, Chris, God. Uh, Gillespie, <laughs> yeah. me, David Byrne, headbanger. Yeah. Loved it. Um, then you had the Pop Boys, Warney, you know, Ricky Martin, yeah. you know, Abba, <laughs> all that sort of stuff. Backstreet Boys, mm. Slats, Bluey. And then we had the Country and Western, which was mainly um, Steve War. Yeah. But then you found out who the suck jobs were. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Doug, put, put jo- Kenny Rogers on yeah. and all that. John sort of Williamson. Stuff. Yeah. John Williamson. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, another mistake was um, we won in Birmingham 2001 tour. Uh, we won 0-0 up. We having a big night and um, worked out that we finished a day early and Pat Rafter's playing Big Goran in the final rain mm. delay, so they're going to play the next day. Oh, so good. Gilly gets on to uh, Paddy's, Paddy Rafter's brother and it's it's all on, you beauty. And I do remember, you know, through a foggy haze, you know, people go, oh, we should wear the baggy greens. And, oh, yeah, 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 like this. I wake up in the morning ready to get on the bus and go to the Wimbledon and all that and start walking towards the bus, see everyone's wearing baggy greens. <laughs> <laughs> Except for two guys. You'll know one straight away. You. Warnie. Me and Warnie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other one, Mark Wall. Because yeah. oh. the yeah. twins. Yeah. The twins don't talk, yeah. they, uh, that sort of stuff. So the rebel, everyone's wearing baggy greens on the bus <laughs> and the three re- – well, I wasn't even trying to be a rebel. Yeah. I just didn't, I didn't <laughs> give it <laughs> – not wearing Barry Green to that. And then we get there and Neil Fraser's there to meet us and, and where are we sitting? Well, we're, in, we're front stage, you know, <laughs> we're, we're front court. Um, and as we walk up, we're hearing roars and we're going, what's going on here? But the crowd's roaring with every individual going up. <laughs> and then maybe I didn't get one, they didn't recognise me without the baggy green. And um, so the boys watched Paddy and he lost. Hmm. Um, and there was a couple of stages. I remember watching, could be that close, Goran. You know, he got to match point a couple of times. And you could see his face. It was almost like he was going to have a breakdown. You know, like the enormity of it. Because he wasn't seated yeah. for that Wimbledon. Right. And and he won. And then um, 
And then there's going to be retribution, though. You know, wasn't there? And, um, you know, Steve Wall wasn't going to drop Warney again because the first time he did it went well, didn't it? No. I don't he think hasn't was, forgotten it, Warney. I don't no, think no. That, no. Yeah, he doesn't, doesn't let it linger, no, Shane. No, no, absolutely not. Not going to drop his brother because what about Christmas, dear? So yeah. I never played Test cricket again. <laughs> Seriously. I never played never Test again. cricket again. Sensational. <laughs> What can the boys look forward to in Pakistan? Uh, a, a tour back there again? What was your experience like? Uh, have you seen the movie Animal House? It's just <laughs> <laughs> similar. <laughs> you go nuts. Yeah. Um, not so much. Uh, already <laughs> reading, um, you know, the, it's just going to be heavily uh, security everywhere. So they'll basically be hotel game, hotel game, ho- fly that sort of way. But, um, you know, 94 and 98 wasn't that different anyway, that we weren't encouraged to go out too much because um, there's always been unrest there, particularly in places like Peshawar and, and Karachi. But the one thing I did like was it was very good team bonding. So, um, you know, we'd have a team room and, and you'd go there every night, drink a bit of piss, you know, we'd have some trivia nights. I remember... Um, I was playing league cricket in England at the time and I always loved my comedies. And I, I remember watching Ace Ventura Pet Detective for the first time <laughs> and I just like loved it mm. and I was obsessed. I wanted to be the cricketing detective, right? <laughs> so we're on the way there. We hop into, pop into Hong Kong and I see it on VHS. Might not have been a legitimate copy but it didn't matter. It was gonna, And I thought, oh, I'll take it with us. And, you know, I thought a bit corny. I might get a bit of – so we get there and there's no, we've got nothing to do, Right. Yeah. And the hardest thing was actually finding a VHS player in Pakistan in 1994. <laughs> but once we did, we must have watched it about 60 times. <laughs> and so much so, I morphed into him that Ian Healy still calls me ace, you know, from that time. So, but, yeah, so you spend a lot of time in each other's company and, um, you know, we went on to Ashes series that we won well and all that sort of stuff. But um, different than India, you know, like the, 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 I reckon they're a, a more aggressive... Um, race of people, like the expectation is to win, yep. you know, so they, they've got some great players. The pitches are a lot flatter than um, over in India. They don't break up as much. So I think for a, um, the goodwill that's going to – I'd expect massive crowds, which will be great. Um, and and just – we haven't played a lot of test match cricket. I reckon it's a good opportunity for Andrew McDonald and, and Pat Cummins with the team. You know, they'll do a lot of team stuff together. So – you know, I expect us to go pretty well there, but we go to India for four tests later on. That that's going to be really tough. Uh, yeah. We're 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 a betting podcast, so yeah. first test starts Friday. I did not know that. No, no. Well, we we have a betting podcast. We're pretty well. Are last you guys year, so. doing updates? Math, science. Yeah. We will do. Yeah, we no, do. Pakistan, Australia. Oh, listen. Um, oh, for that. <laughs> so no, 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 just give us some. Do updates. they? Uh, we they win the first test, draw, or the Pakistan win? Who would you? Yeah, it if you had a dollar to put it on, what would you? It's about two dollars fifty a pop, I think. Jeez, I'm not good with all. Well, that was '94. Was the tour where um, match fixing blew open? Is it? So on the last day, yes. well, if there's any over there, can you just let us let, yeah. let us know first? Would you be prepared yeah. to throw? Or uh, well, it has to be an exorbitant amount of money. So what about two hundred grand? How US. much? How much are they on now? If they're, yeah. ma- they're making millions now, it's probably not worth it, eh? Yeah, but back then, so um, 94, um, next day we need about seven wickets. They need 200 runs. Um, Warney and Tim May rooming together get a call to Sal Malik, the captain, come up and have a chat, no worries. And basically they got offered 200 grand to bowl poorly yeah. um, to, to allow Pakistan to win. And I remember Maisie later going, 
Imagine by offering me 200 grand to bullshit, <laughs> a bullshit anyway, right? But I remember, like, when it came down, you know, uh, Cole Ego was our team, and when they talked about it, because I'm not a big gambler, I'm thinking, how much money can you make if it's just win, loss, tie, or draw? Yeah. Yep. But you learn also it's spot fixing, getting yeah. out at a certain time and, and all Bowling that sort of stuff. Bowl a wide there. So, crazy, so at the it? time, it, it was a little bit of a joke, naivety, <laughs> what are they talking about? And... Um, it ends up we lost um, <laughs> by one wicket, you know, yeah. and, and Malik dominated the series. But that, that was one of the things I remember too was just, you know, what, what does that mean? Did, did After a subsequent win over Pakistan, did it ever occur to you that maybe they were having a bad <laughs> well, you start Well, we actually beat them in a one-day game in Sri Lanka, right? And uh, we only scored 180 and they're like blocking them 30 off 70 <laughs> and all this. And we were that pumped with the win – we actually sang the song, which you don't normally do after one days, yeah. and we w- were learned a later on a couple of years ago. They were probably singing the song next <laughs> door as well. <laughs> oh, fantastic! All right, so uh, what's what's the prediction? Because uh, you're not you're not uh, a better, but uh, your prediction. I, I, I'm going to go Aussies because I think these pitches. Well, they're weird. Like we won the first test in '98, so it was the first win since 1959. So we're thinking that they've got the best fast bowlers in the world and just about the best spinners. So we're thinking they'll make a raging turner or they'll make a green seamer because Warney's injured and they made two belters. Yeah. So we won one nil. So I'm expecting it maybe – I'll go Australia one nil with two draws. I reckon they'll be flat. So we just finally – Not like your, your audience and you guys <laughs> haven't been flat. You've been really good. Uh, I know Swatty's going to go. So, But just finally, can you in a nutshell talk about the difference between uh, coaching from cricket culture – which obviously has been a big heap in the news with uh, Justin Langer resigning, and footy culture, which many of us come from, and we get it. The foot, the coaches tells you what to do and strategy and everything else from there. Yeah, but sometimes I, th- I think, what is the point of having a coach, coach in cricket? Yeah, it's a good one. Um, if you've got an inexperienced captain, then an experienced coach. So with Alan Ball, like it's with the balance, I think cricket's stronger when we have a strong captain. So when I first made the team, Alan Border didn't want to do a lot of, particularly the media and and do the tr- drills at training. So we had a coach called Bob Simpson who did. Alan Border goes, Tubby Taylor says, no, I want to take more control. So he took a lot of the um, responsibilities off Simo. And then when Steve War took over and Jeff Marsh, they were both inexperienced and that didn't work for a while. And then Steve War eventually said, well, if I'm going to go down – going to go down doing my my way so in an ideal world the captain runs the show on the field and to a degree off it and and the coach just helps prepare Um, whereas in the AFL I imagine the coaches or the head coach and the coaches have a lot more say and I don't even know what what would a captain a footy captain do on the field besides play well (coughs) yeah lead by example yeah yeah Um, obviously they the coach captain on the field would have to know would know Everyone's role, like say, um, depending on where they are, if it's Pendles in the midfield, you know where the forwards need to set up, what the backs need to do, and stuff like that. So, if a young kid's out of position, they may move up into this spot, especially with the way AFL is now, where it's not <coughs> back in the day, it was one on one, so you kind of knew where you yeah. were. You're on an opponent, but now <coughs> there's a zone, there's a rolling zone, and you know, when they get the ball, <coughs> everyone's got to be in a certain position, so you got to know where, where the half backs slide up to, where the forwards roll to, where you know. You've got to know right in position on the ground. So the captain ideally needs to know that, especially 
when Nick Maxwell was there because he was behind me, he used to say, Swan, you need to go a bit to your left. And I'd be like, oh, thanks, mate. And I'd push yeah, up here. Yeah, but Nick, I'm the there. one to provide a bit of flair. Exactly. Anyone <coughs> can jump up and just punch the ball. Exactly. 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 So why didn't no. you captain? Did you just hear what he just said then? Um, why didn't I captain? Um, well, I was in the leadership group for a while, but it never, cha- it never changed me. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, um, it didn't make me prepare any better. It didn't make me on field speak anymore. It didn't make me... Um, didn't, I guess didn't make me my off-field behaviour stop anymore. And, like, I'd be sitting in leadership meetings going, oh, I'd be yelling at – like, we'd be yelling at someone. I was there with them on the Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'd, I I was kind of like – yeah, yeah. I was a conduit towards the, the backhouse. So, listen, they know you're out. I was with you, so I don't say anything. I was a bit like, if you come in and admit this, I'll make sure the penalty is <laughs> as low as can be. So, in the end, it didn't change me. So, I was like, oh, I might as well give it to someone who – yeah. will actually grow from the experience. Oh, it was exactly the same. So I was but like, it's just a title as well, yeah, isn't it? So, so you're much still more, leading on the field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, like, I still played the way I played. It was so much more work. Captain's Day, you got to face me, you got to do this. And oh, well, I would have been captain or not, probably not, but I was vice captain, but it was just it was just too much extra work. I'd just rather be me and just do what I did, and that's, that's what happened. And the strengths just within the captain, as I said, with Steve Warren Healy when I first made it, I think Healy might have been vice captain. That's the strength of the group too. Yeah, yeah. the different because you can actually have impact um, around the group. Yep. So yeah, bit drastic difference. Um, signs are good from Cummins, and and hopefully Andrew McDonald gets a good run at it. Actually, finish, finish with a bit of fun with uh, with Mark Taylor. How, how did he cope with Pakistan? What was his? Well, Tubby. Um, it was in India. Pardon? It was in India or Pakistan where he, he had, had, to, had to make sure that he got through it. Oh, no, he, I remember early on because you hear bad stories about the subcontinent. Like in 1988, um, you know, Jamie Siddons got a food bug and was sick for the next 18 months and you hear about oh. guys sharting on mm. field. You know, you think you're going to fart and then, think, okay. Well, the, are the whites... Are the whites... <laughs> Useful over there? No, they not, you know, no, no, no. I won't go. Shade. Ricky Ponting's got a story about okay. it. I know he'll be on next week, yeah, so exactly. we'll sure. get him to tell us. <laughs> yeah. But I was worried, and then he, and I remember we were at a dinner, and Tubby goes, Flem, mate, I've been on six subcontinent tours and never been crook. Thing is, for me, every night I'll have about six, seven beers, and and I rock up no problems. I thought maybe the food preservatives in the beer, you know, kill any bugs and all that. But I noticed over the next couple of years. He had six to eight beers every night in every country. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just a piss pot. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine having six or seven beers before every game? One, one old player they used to do didn't, didn't get very far, but um, <laughs> no, no, I couldn't. No, we have we have rules six day breaks. So, mm-hmm. so you're not allowed to. Well, they wow. you're not allowed to drink six days before a game. Now the cricketers get to drink. <laughs> It smack bang in the middle of a game. <laughs> well, they were doing that, but we, we, we would drink quite heavily before one day. Yeah. You know, if, if it's a day-nighter. Yeah. Because I remember I was leaving one night before my first one. They go, where are you going? And, they go, and I go, oh, it's 11 o'clock. I better get home. And they go, mate, the bus doesn't leave till 12. You only need eight hours sleep. <laughs> I missed my calling. You did? <laughs> yeah. They would have loved you in India. Look at him. Iron Maid, they love Iron Maid in India. Had tats. Could have been in Bollywood. Could have been Brett yes. Lair. Could have been all Look kinds of shit. Yeah. Cashies after that for you. Wow. I oh know. Missed out. I've missed me both. Thank you, Damien Fleming. Thank you, Thank you. Thank ladies you. and gentlemen. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 